These are the Books of the Universe by Douglas Miller, read by the author. Book 1, The Book of Destiny Previously, on the Book of Destiny, Sita Zabala had passed out after meeting the missionary Penuel Clark, who claimed to be from another world. Meanwhile, Zhao Jin's clients turned out to be members of the world-destroying group known as the Wolves. As the destruction of the world began, Zhao tried to find a way off of Axpin. Itzel Zabala was in the middle of a fight in the Colosseum when the collapse began. Chapter 7 End of the World World Axpin World Status Inner Circle The world was falling apart. Penuel knew that he had been told not to interfere, but he didn't think that just talking to the priest and the girl would hurt this much. It couldn't be. What's going on? A soft voice asked. It was the girl, Sita. She'd woken back up. Penuel turned to her. He reached out with his sense of the essence. No, nothing about her was causing this level of chaos in the world. That is a good question, Father Harrell said, looking to Penuel for answers. Something is disrupting the order of this world, Penuel answered. How do we fix it? Harrell asked. I... I don't know, Penuel answered. Let me check a few things. Is there a room in which I can have some privacy? Sure, Harold said. This way. He led Penuel to a small room that appeared, to Penuel, to be a room for religious study, with a desk and several religious texts in it. Penuel drew back his sleeve and touched the screen on his virtual assistance device. There was a flashing red icon on it. They had been trying to get a hold of him already. He had turned his device's settings to silent, for fear of attracting attention among the commoners of the world. He pressed the icon to initiate communication. A woman in gray robes appeared on the screen. Penuel recognized her as Wilda Marsden. Her eyes were wide. Her expression was frantic. Penuel, thank the creator that we were able to get in touch with you. Do you know what's going on down here? There's been a wolf ship around the world for a little while. We just caught the signal of it fleeing the area. Based on the readings, we think they introduced a chaos bomb into the world. We've got to get you out of there. I'll initiate the jump now. Just set your anchor and we'll pull you in. What about the people? Penuel asked. What people? The people of this world. What about them? We can't just leave them to get sucked into the void, Penuel said. I don't think we really have any other choice, the woman answered. So, you're saying that we came here to save them, but that we can't save them. Penuel, while I appreciate your wordplay, we don't have room for a whole world of people on our ship. Not to mention that you don't have time to gather a whole world of people before that world collapses. You don't know how long you have. For all we know, the world will finish falling apart, and you'll be brought into the void before we can even finish this conversation. Okay, maybe not everyone, Penuel sighed, but some people. There's a priest and a young woman here. 
Let me bring them. The woman sighed. We really don't have time for this. Okay, it's settled then. I'll bring them, Penuel said, canceling his connection between the digital assistant device and the ship. He drew the sleeve of his black robes back over the device on his arm, and he rushed back out to the main sanctuary of the church. A handful of newcomers had entered the church, seeking shelter and guidance through what they probably thought was just a bad earthquake. Father Harrell was talking to a young couple when Penuel came back into the room. He excused himself from that conversation to see if Penuel had learned any news. Sita followed Harrell in tow. Well? Harrell asked. Your world is collapsing, Penuel said, keeping his voice to as quiet a whisper as he could manage. I don't have time right now to explain why. I have a vessel nearby. They've agreed, well, sort of agreed, that I can take the two of you with me. We need to get my brother, Sita insisted. I, I'm sorry, we, we really don't have time, Penuel said. Now, if you both would put your arms on my shoulders, he drew out a small metal device from within his cloak, this will allow me to bring us back to my vessel. Sita's hand shot forward, grabbing the anchor. Without hesitation, she turned and began to run from Harold and Penuel towards the door out of the church. Penuel frowned. That was not really how I saw that going. Perhaps we should go after her, Father Harold asked. What about the others here at the church? I really want to save everyone, Penuel said, but I'm not sure that's within my power can't even save anyone if I don't get that anchor back. I see, Harold said. Well, then let's see about getting it back. Do you know where she might be headed? Penuel asked. The Colosseum, Harold said. Right, yes, of course. The brother. Penuel walked to the front door of the church. Running would be faster, but... Given that the ground was perpetually shaking, walking seemed safer. He settled for a speedy power walk as he crossed outside, Father Harold not far behind. Outside was much worse than inside. Red cracks streamed against the ground. Some gaped open into black nothingness, pulling in anything nearby. The people of Axman were running about in a panic but none of them really knew where to go or what to do. It broke Penuel's heart to see them, knowing that they were all about to die. Of course, if he didn't get to Sita and fast, he would be joining them. Sweat poured down Sita's face as she ran through the crowd. She had to get to Itzel and get to... somewhere else, before... the world fell apart? She didn't really understand what was going on, nor did she try too hard to do so. Thoughts of other worlds, or even anything beyond the one she knew, was beyond the scope of her focus at the moment. She was smart, and she'd figure that out later. In the meantime, she knew that things were bad, and that she had to act quickly if she wanted to save herself and her brother. The fact that she had no idea how the device that she'd taken worked was an obstacle she knew that she was going to have to face. However, it was one that she'd have to figure out 
after she got to Itzel. In the meantime, she was just careful to hold it in a way that wouldn't risk her pressing any of the buttons. A red crack formed in the ground in front of her. The patch of cobblestone she'd been running on tipped downward, tilting her toward the crack. She jumped up, landing on the other side of the crack and keeping going without pause. As she ran toward the Colosseum, she noticed right away that there seemed to be any number of people out and about, all running in various unguided directions. After all, when the world is falling apart, where do you run to? However, as she got closer to her target location, she noticed increasingly that more and more people were going exactly the opposite way from her. They were all fleeing the Colosseum. Probably just fear of the people they keep down there as contestants, Sita considered. As she got within sight of the building, she saw that she was a little bit wrong about that. Numerous quadruped creatures, each of which had black fur, sharp claws, and long teeth, ran around the front of the Colosseum. One of them was larger than the others, and it had a man pinned to the ground. The man was well-dressed, and Sita recognized him as Mr. Pajari, the owner of the Colosseum. Standing behind the beast was none other than her brother Itzel. His eyes were black as he waved his hand about. Surely we can talk about this, Jekko was pleading, looking up at Itzel. What do you think your patrons would say? Itzel was asking. Sita could hear the bitterness in the boy's words. She tried to walk up to them slowly, hoping that none of these similar monsters would notice her. What would they want me to do, Jekka? Please, please don't, he begged. Please, I'm sorry. After this is all over, I'll, I'll set you free. You can do whatever you want. I think they would say, kill him, Itzel said. He waved his hand and the giant beast moved forward. Sita didn't get to see what happened next. One of the smaller beasts leapt at her, knocking her to the ground. Its claws were sharp in her shoulder. She could feel the blood beginning to flow from it. Itzel! she cried out, feeling the creature's breath upon her skin. It wasn't warm, like a normal creature's breath. It was cold. A subtle cold that got under your skin and touched you deep down to your bones. Sita! he cried back. The creature pulled away from her. She stood, clutching her bloody shoulder with her free hand. She looked over to where Jukka had been, but saw only a torn-up corpse. Insul spun his right hand in the air, and the creatures began to circle around him and Sita. "'What are you doing here?' he asked of her. She gestured at the red cracks and destruction that was going on all around them. "'I came to break you out of here so that we could get to safety.' Oh, right, he said. What the hell is going on with those creatures? Oh, do you like them? he asked. They're mine. What do you mean, yours? she asked uneasily. I made them, he answered. From the magical energy in the air. I've been able to do it for a while now. I thought maybe I'd use them to get out someday. Whatever's happening, I, I don't know, it made it so much easier. I could make more of them than before. 
and I could make them super strong. That's because they're made of chaos essence, came an angry sounding voice from outside the circle of monsters. Sita looked up to see Mr. Clark standing there with Father Harrell. Some of the creatures were pulling away from the circle, beginning to growl at the newcomers. They're okay, she said to Itzel. Father Harrell has been helping me to come up with a way of breaking you out of the Colosseum if we couldn't get the thing shut down through the council. Itzel nodded and made a gesture with his hand. The monsters parted, dropping their hungry attitude towards Harrell and Penuel. Wait, Sita stammered. You could have gotten out at any time? Why the hell didn't you? Why did I spend all this effort putting together an escape attempt? I didn't know you were planning on breaking me out violently. Well, not necessarily violently, Sita answered. E either way, Itzel answered, shrugging his shoulders. Where would I have gone if I did break out? You can't just hide me in your house all the time. And no one else is going to welcome a monster like me. Father Harrell had a place set up for you in the forests, Sita answered. Oh, as touching as this reunion is, Penuel interrupted, the world is in the process of ending. Right, of course, Sita said. She held the device out toward him. He reached for it. As soon as Penuel's fingers touched the device, the ground imploded beneath them. Five different red cracks that had been nearby suddenly shot inward and converged on the point right below the anchor. The ground erupted downwards. Sita and Penuel flew backwards in opposite directions. Father Harrell rushed forward, trying to grab the anchor as it fell downward toward the hole. He leapt from the ground, flying towards it. Suddenly, a rapid pull from the hole grabbed onto him, dragging him down into oblivion. The anchor was going down right behind him. Penuel tried to stand to rush for it, but he knew he would never make it in time. Sita looked back to Itzel. At least they got to be reunited in freedom again, if only for the brief moments before the end of everything. A metallic wire hit the device, and then it rapidly retracted to its source. Sita, Itzel, and Penuel all turned to see the newcomer. Itzel's monsters were too interested in the new hole of void in the ground to notice their arrival. It was a woman. Like Penuel, she had no skin lines across her face. She had long, straight, dark hair, and she wore a long brown coat, which looked like it had many pockets in it. On her wrist was a metal contraption, to which the wire was connected. She was disconnecting the anchor device from the wire and holding it in her hands. I was worried that I was going to be trapped here, she said, her voice out of breath and panting. They all continued to stare at her. She held the device that was their one hope of making it off the world. They had almost lost it to the void, and now they had lost it to her. She would be safe while they fell into oblivion. Well, she said, aren't you guys coming along? Hello, I'm Douglas Miller, the author of the Book of Destiny, and the reader for this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the books of the universe. If you want to check out more of my projects, 
like my cyberpunk superhero series, Heroism and Other Lies, or my spacefaring robot series, Ruins and Robots, you can find them on Amazon, or get more information on my blog, which you can find at goalworlds.blogspot.com, or my Facebook page, facebook.com goalworlds. You can also find more Books of the Universe information on my blog, including character profiles, world guides, and more. Again, that's goalworlds.blogspot.com. If you did enjoy this episode, let me know. Like, review, or comment on wherever you found it. And of course, be sure to share and tell any friends, relatives, colleagues, or strangers who might be interested about the Books of the Universe podcast. I'm hoping to have the next episode posted Monday, April 13th, so be sure to check back then. Until next time, be sure to escape any world-ending events that might happen.